0: salatu salamu ala Sayyidina Rasulillah wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in, amma ba'd. Alhamdulillah, tonight Surah Al-Kahf was completed. And this is a surah regarding which Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam states that person who recites Surah Al-Kahf, or ten verses in another narration of Surah Al-Kahf, uh, on a Friday Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will protect that person from the fitna of Dajjal and many ulama have written books only on the tafsir of Suratul Al-Kahf because it comprises of many of the types of tests which will come before the advent of the time of Dajjal. The first part of Suratul Al-Kahf, we are well aware of those young men who took refuge in a cave and Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala made them sleep for 309 years and uh, the reason for that was that they needed to protect themselves against a despotic king, an oppressive ruler, who wanted to force them to worship other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is also a type of fitna which will affect the mu'mineen before qiyamah, the followers of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when there will be that type of pressure on the iman of an individual that you need to sacrifice your identity and your belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in order for yourself to be accepted as a normal human being in the the commonly accepted way of thinking, which will prevail at that time which is against the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then there is a verse where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives a similitude, an example of, of two men. One of them was blessed with an abundance of of material benefits of this world. He had two gardens which were filled with uh grape vines and they were also enveloped with date palms. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also gave him large lands of, of crops. And both these gardens would bear their fruits and their crops on time without losing any of the benefits thereof for this individual. Allah says that he also created for this individual rivers to flow through his beautiful vineyard and garden and orchard. So one day when he met his companion, his entire uh, attention was on that which he owned of this world. When he met his companion, he said, "Ana min wa Look at the two of us. I have much more wealth than you do, and I've got a larger support structure in the community. I've got more supporters. I've got a bigger group, a bigger clique. Then he entered into his, into his domain, into that which he owned. Allah says, while he was being oppressive to himself. And then he said, I do not think that this would ever come to an end. If I've got so much, how, how is this going to come to an end? And he says, and I'm not even sure if Qiyama will actually come. I'm so comfortable, I've got good health, I've got all this at my disposal. disposal. Will Qiyamah even come? I don't even think Qiyamah will come. And if there has to be a type of resurrection and I'm returned to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if he gave me so much in the dunya now, then in the akhirah he'll give me even more. So this type of arrogance and, and, and haughtiness entered into him and this belief crept into him based on his material attachment to that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has had given him. His friend said to him, while they were having their discourse, have you shown ingratitude to that being who has created you from soil and then from a drop of fluid? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made you a healthy, strong man. And he says, when it comes to me, I might not have what you, what you have, but I will not ascribe and associate a partner unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then he said to him, Why not when you entered your garden, قُلْتَ مَا شَاءَ اللَّهِ لَا قُوَّةَ إِلَّا Why didn't you say, مَا شَاءَ Whatever Allah wills, that is what I have received. There is no power and might except with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he said, it should not be that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tests you. First he says, If you look at me, I've got less children than you do. I've got less wealth and possessions than you have. But because of my belief and my contentment with that which Allah has given me, I hope that Allah gives me something better than your garden in exchange for that. And you should be careful. It shouldn't be that because of your arrogance, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala destroys what you have. It shouldn't be that an adab descends from the heavens and this beautiful vineyard and gardens and crops and rivers becomes a barren land of dust and sand. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lets the water of that river sink so deep that you are unable to draw water from the, the ground. Ghaur means deep down into the ground. In Biladu Sham in Jordan, there's a place called Agwar. Agwar means where the Dead Sea is, that is the lowest part on the surface of the earth below sea level. It is with the Adab of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala came on the nation of Sayyidina Lut alayhi salam. and Jibreel alayhi salam dug his wing into the ground, he lifted them up and he smashed them upside down because of the upside down work they were involved in. So that is called Ghur. So it shouldn't be that the water that you are boasting about goes so deep into the ground that you don't even have access, even if you try to dig a well. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala willed it that his garden and whatever he owned was enveloped by a a heavenly catastrophe and adab that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent. He ended up just turning his his palms in and out and holding his head. And he was lamenting and cursing himself. The ulemas say the lesson in Surah Al-Kahf of this particular verse is before Qiyamah there will also be a time when there will be an abundance of material exposure. And Sharia does not prevent us from using that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. But we should attribute that to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we say Masha Allah la quwwata illa billah. Rasulullah sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says in a hadith, amongst the treasures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which this ummah has been given from below the arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ila hawla wala quwwata illa billahi aliyyil azim la hawla anil ma'siyah wala quwwata 'ala at-ta'ati illa billahi aliyyil azim there is no strength within a person to stay away from the disobedience of Allah nor is there the power in him to obey Allah except with the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so if a person if a person is given tawfiq by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to stay away from a sin Then it's nothing amazing from his own side. Alhamdulillah, I'm so pious, you know, I didn't do this guna. No, but the ability to stay away is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the ability to do good is also tawfiq from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These are words which we normally use. Tawfiq means Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala creates within a person the ability to do that which pleases Allah. And the opposite of tawfiq is called khudlan. Khudlan. Khudlan means... Allah subhanahu wa taala deprives a person from doing that which will please Allah subhanahu wa taala. May Allah protect all of us. And saying la hawla wa la illa billah, or ma sha Allah, it should be also when you see a ni'mah in the in in the in the ownership or the possession of your Muslim brother and sister as well. So a person has got a gift, or you see a beautiful child, you say ma Allah, what a beautiful child! Don't say oh so oh look, so cute. Say ma sha Allah. When we say "masha'Allah," Allah, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts barakah and protects the child from any evil glance or any evil intention that might be motivating that particular statement. Because in a hadith it is also mentioned, Kullu every person who possesses a bounty, he is a potential candidate for jealousy. It doesn't matter what he has, if he has got... Uh, possessions, or he's got a beautiful voice, or he's got beautiful features, or he's got whatever bounty Allah has given him, He is, he's potentially a target of somebody's envy and jealousy. So, when we see somebody enjoying a bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then we look at that bounty and we say, mashallah, this is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That takes away any effect of, of jealousy and, and envy which could be in the heart of an individual. So, before Qiyamah, this will be one of the tests that we will be faced with. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Mal faqra I do not fear that you will experience poverty as my ummah collectively. There will be people experiencing poverty, but the entire ummah, if we look at the house of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the house of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was smaller than the shacks we file in, in the informal settlements. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, if he had to stand up straight and stretch his hand out, his blessed hand, he would touch his roof. And in a hadith it is mentioned that when he was performing salah, if he had to take one step, he would be able to open the curtain by his door. Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu anha says, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we used to make tahajjud, and when it was time for him to make sujood, sometimes he would just touch my, my leg and I would have to pull my feet in in order for him to make sujood. Sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The same being that if he wanted Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who could have turned the mountains of Makkah into gold for him. Now, the Sahaba radiallahu anhu would have built him castles better than the ones you see in Petra and Jordan and the places in bilal sham or the ruins of Samud. But Rasulullah sallallahu he lived a life of abstinence, a life of, of detaching himself from the dunya. And amongst the Sahaba radiallahu anhu, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created those Sahaba who possess the wealth of this world to show us the balance. Among the Anbiya also, Sayyidina Sulaiman was a king. And Allah gave him a kingdom which no other person will ever experience ever, till the day of Qiyamah. He was a king of Insan, the king of jinn, of when he when he would travel with his throne which would fly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him a throne which could fly without any engines. And on that there would be human beings and the shade would be the birds flying above the, the, the arsh of alayhi salam. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he has shown us through Rasulullah sallam and the other Anbiya السلام, that having wealth and not having wealth doesn't determine a person's failure or success. It's how you conduct yourself in that condition. So a person, while he is poor, he can also go to Jahannam. And a person who possesses wealth, with his wealth he can go to Jannah. The wealth, the possession of it, and the, and, and the absence of it doesn't determine a person's failure or success, but how he uses it for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sayyidina Abdul Rahman ibn Auf radiallahu anhu when there was a drought in Medina Munawwara from Egypt, he sent a caravan, he said, I'll send a caravan, he told Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu I'll send a caravan to Medina Munawwara. The first will be in Medina, and I'll still be loading the others in Egypt. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them wealth, but that wealth was used, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives sometimes certain individuals' wealth, because through them the creation of Allah benefits. And Allah withholds, this is the the words of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu anhu, sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses certain people with with the wealth of this world, because through them the creation of Allah benefits. And other people are, uh, the wealth is withheld from from them, because when they get it, they start disobeying Allah. Some people when they have wealth, they are still obedient to Allah. And others when they have wealth, they start disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, this will be one of the tests. Materialism is one of the tests which will come before Qiyamah. And this is one of the lessons we learned from the surah Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam told us to recite every Friday to protect us against the fitna of, of Dajjal. So, this is one of the important lessons of uh, this particular surah. Surah Surat Maryam, السلام, the mother of Sayyidina Isa, the surah is named after her. There's only one lady's name mentioned in the entire Quran, and it's the name of the mother of Sayyidina Isa. And the description of Sayyidina Isa, alayhi salam, wa ala alayhi salatu wa salam, the description of him is in such detail, never mind his description, the description of the birth of his mother, which we spoke about in Surah Ali Imran, that uh, the, the wife of Imran, when she expected, she said, I'm, I'm giving this baby's name, Maryam, you know, when we did that particular Jews. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions how the mother of Isa salam, how she was born, the piety of her family, and then her piety is mentioned and how she gave birth is mentioned in Surah Maryam with great detail, the difficulty she went through, how the the Bani Israel taunted her and accused her of of haram. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in various places mentions Sayyidina Isa alayhi salam. And the Mufassirin say, the reason is, this Ummah has been given so much detail of Sayyidina Isa alayhi salam because they're the ones who need to recognize him before Qiyamah. At the time of Dajjal, when Sayyidina Isa alayhi salam comes, this Ummah will be the one to recognize him because they've got the description of Sayyidina Isa salam in the Quran and he will come as the follower of the Ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions how uh, the mother of Isa salam she secluded herself and she went to a place of worship and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Jibreel alayhi salam while she was in the secluded area which was, which was uh, completely detached and separated from the rest of the, of the community. When she saw this person, سوية, Jibreel alayhi salam adopted the form of a, of a human being. He took the form of a human being. When she saw a man, she said, Inni a'udhu bir rahmani mink. I seek protection in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from you, thinking that perhaps his, in, his intentions are bad. And he informed her, I'm a messenger sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is gifting you with a pure, with a pure son. And she says to him, "How is Allah, not doubting that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can do that, but asking what is going to be the, the form of that gift being given to me? Because I am not married nor was I impure or or, or disobedient to Allah by engaging in haram with anyone. So what is gonna be the form of this? I don't have a husband, nor did I engage in haram. And he says, this is the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala kathalik, Allah wills it, this is how it is going to be. And for Allah it is very easy. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills to make this son of yours assigned to mankind. This is a decision and a decree that was made by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then she she, she conceives. And the, the ulama say that Jibreel alayhi salam blew in her collar. And through that, with the hukam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, without the intervention of a male, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Isa alayhi salam in the womb of his mother. فَاجَاءَهَا الْمَخَادُ إِلَىٰ جِدْعِ النَّخْلَةِ She spent the entire period of her pregnancy separate in the ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until the time of the birth of Isa alayhi salam came and she was now completely distressed that what am I going to tell people there's no husband I was dedicated to the service of Masjid al-Aqsa in Baytul maqdis and now you're supposed to be the pious lady and you're pregnant with a child and nobody knows who the father is she was completely destroyed and she said ya how i wish that i that i that i died before this wa mansiya, and that the, the the memories of me would have been forgotten that people forgot there was a person called maryam fanadaha then jibrīl called her from below the area that she was and he said allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created for you a rivulet there's a stream of, of pure water and there's a date palm that you are sitting next to and there were no dates at all. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instructed her, shake that to the best of your ability. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alaiki alayki and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send forth beautiful, fresh dates when it was out of season. So this was one of the miracles also for the mother of Sayyidina Isa alayhi salam. She was instructed then to eat that. And the Mufassirin say, the, the, the healthiest food for a lady who has, who has just given birth is rutab is that wet, the, the, the soft dates which we normally get from Medina Munawwara, those are the best because Allah has mentioned it in the Quran, that he has given this as a gift to the mother of Isa السلام, at the time of her childbirth. And people then saw her coming with this baby, and they said, what is this? She was instructed uh, by Jibreel alayhi salam that you observe a fast of silence, which was allowed in that sharia. That you, the, like we have fasting as abstaining from food and drink, there's a type of fasting which was allowed in the previous sharia of not talking which is not allowed in our sharia. Although people do it, especially as a time when the mood swings, you know, just before. So that type of fast kicks in automatically, but it's not actually a fast in the sharia. Uh, she made, they asked her, where did you come from, where this child from? And she, she just pointed to him. And Isa he alayhi was, salam, he was drinking at that time. And the Mufassirin say, he turned his attention to them and he said, Qala inni he said, I'm the servant of Allah, I'm the slave of Allah. To show till the day of Qiyamah, any person saying that Isa, is a son of Allah, any person saying that he's a third of a trinity, is rejected by Sayyidina Isa, salam. And we've got the proof in the Quran. And when Isa, salam comes, this proof will also be presented that we endorse what you said at that time in, to defend your mother. And then he enumerates and he mentions the favors of Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him uh, the scripture, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed that he will be a nabi وَجَعَلَنِي مُبَارَكًا mubarak كُنت See a nabi is mubarak, he's got barakah So if this is the case of Isa alayhi salam then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi sallam, even more so because Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi sallam is the nabi in whose ummah Sayyidina Isa alayhi salam willed to be and he, he, the one part he said one of my qualities is وَبَرَّمْ بِوَالِدَةِ I am dutiful and respectful to my mother وَلَمْ يَجَعَلْنِي جَبَّارًا and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not make me a tyrant and a wretched, hard-hearted individual. The ulama say the opposite of this means that sometimes one of the signs that a person is disobedient to his mother and father is that his heart, his heart becomes hard and he becomes abusive and aggressive, an aggressive person. This is what the ulama have written that sometimes one of the signs that a person shows disrespect to his parents, mother and father, is that when he interacts with people he always comes across as 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 rude, as abrupt, as uncultured This is one of the signs it could be Due to him being undutiful to, to his parents And this is the rest of the verses Which he, uh, which he spoke to the people of his time So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says This is Isa the son of Maryam It is not possible that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Has decided to create a son or to have a son, Subhana. Yesterday we explained the meaning of Subhan. Allah is free from resembling his creation. So Allah says he's free from resembling his creation. That a being who has a son, it's a sign of weakness because having a son is actually a comfort for the father that when I become old, he'll assist me. And this is why in another verse, in the six Jews, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah gives, gives beautiful examples which are simple for a person who's got a little bit of intellect to apply his mind. Allah says, "Mal Masih بُنُ Maryam Illa Rasul." he is a Rasul of Allah before him there were also prophets his mother was very very noble and then Allah says Allah says they used to eat food So what does that have to do with him being noble if they eat food then they need teeth they need a tongue they need a taste buds they need a digestive system if you have a digestive system if you have a stomach then you have the main factory for problems to get sick you can become constipated. You can have diarrhea. And that are all, those are signs of need. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is free from need. Allah doesn't have any need. Isa alayhi salam was not free from need. He used to eat food. His mother used to eat food. They cannot be part of a trinity or part of uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in any way. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clarifies this particular aspect of tawheed very clearly in this verse. InshaAllah we'll continue with some of the other verses tomorrow. InshaAllah may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana. da'wanan alamin.